The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment. I started to question myself if I was launching Lucha Underground and I had accidentally flipped over to Cinemax. Not a whole lot of faces shown as far when it comes to Brenda, so. <laughs> yeah. You're you're spot on there, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> this is the house that AJ Styles built. Uh, you know, like Nakamura, he's just such a great star. It doesn't matter what you do with him. People are going to cheer for him. Did you feel the gloriousness? Did you feel it? Bobby Roode did his job this is insane how great they are well i think the authors of pain are young prodigies that's how good we are representing bullet club this is what we do super kid pate i've learned like very recently that you have to take advantage of stuff like this because opportunities there are very few and far between in this life just in general so when this came up tonight I knew like he was going to be on I was going to be on this is what we've been waiting for without a doubt Sheldon Benjamin and Chad Gable are here for a reason we said that day one we're here to be champions Usos you call this the Uso penitentiary well guess what boys we're not locked in here with you you're locked in here with us Ladies and gentlemen, wrestling to the back. And your host, Gary Vaughn, Sean Garmer, and Paul Beezer. Welcome everyone to Wrestling of the Max episode 268 part 2 and of course we are brought to you by W2Mnet.com that's right the place where you go find all your great wrestling needs and a lot more. Also go subscribe at Wrestling to the Max that's right wherever you find your podcast maybe it's through YouTube Podcast Attic or heck even Apple Podcast go check us out make sure you hit that button and when you subscribe you'll get not only this show but you'll also get all our other great review shows that we do every week like Raw, SmackDown Live, 205 Live and of course NXT and to trust me don't forget about formulamania.com and last word on prowrestling.com those are two amazing sites as well they are great supporters of us and we appreciate all that they do so there you go i am of course am your host Gary Vaughn and along with me is Mr. Paul Leeser heyo and no Sean Garmer again tonight. Uh, it's okay. The guy deserves some breaks. He's still going through a lot right now. I think he's still suffering the effects of that U.S. men's soccer team. But, you know, other stuff is going on, too, in his life. Got to give him credit. The guy's got a lot going on and doing a lot of other shows. So I want to throw some love his way. But, hey, me and Paul got this, like always, and will cause some trouble, I'm sure, Paul. Naturally. Uh, that's usually what happens when it's just you and me. <laughs> Uh, we, we need to get that drop, and the drop I'm talking about is the beginning of Seth Rollins' music, you know. <laughs> Burn this place down! Burn it down! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Every time we do a show together without Sean, it's like, you know, all mayhem breaks loose, you know, we make the NWO proud, I think. But, you know, it is what it is. So. Certainly. Uh, but we miss Sean. We really do. And we want Sean to get back on the show, but hey, you know, 
things are that they are, and we're going to continue on and have a really good show tonight. We are going to be talking a lot about some big news in the world of wrestling. The Bullet Club has gotten a WWE writer fired. That's right. We'll be jumping into that topic. Plus, we'll be also talking about a guy that will be heading WWE's way pretty soon, if I can talk. And some other big stuff that you guys are not going to miss out, like some Lucha Underground talk about their future as well. Some big things. So, great quick hits to look forward to. We'll be talking some New Japan tonight. That's right. New Japan had their King of Pro Wrestling show that we have yet to talk about. So, Paul is going to break that thing down for you guys. Got to talk all about it. We'll be talking some Lucha Underground Tress, Ultimate Tress, I should say, uh, and really looking forward to that discussion. Uh, really, some cool things still happening over there. And we are jumping into some Impact Wrestling. So, We've got a full show ahead of you, plus a crowning of a superstar of the week. I, just a lot of great stuff. I can't wait to talk about all this stuff, Paul. Before we jump into all that, though, man, how's your week been going? How, how's things been you know, running for you, man? Good. I, I got to uh, wake up early this morning to get in on that NXT TakeOver pre-sale, so I, uh, I'm going to be going to uh, War Games and Survivor Series when that comes around. I'm super excited about that. Although I was not excited about having to wake up at uh, 9.30, so... <laughs> oh, I am so sorry, Paul. <laughs> I, yeah, you win some, lose some. <laughs> you take your lumps when you're a wrestling fan. <laughs> yeah, you do. But hey, that's really cool. I am super happy that you're going to do that. It's really, really exciting. So, man, I mean, uh, you know, of course, that means a lot of things. I mean, I'm sure... Are, do you have family down in that way to go stay the night? Or are you going to be hoteling? I have some friends down there. Um, we haven't exactly figured out where we're going to be staying yet. All we knew was that we wanted to go and, and be there um, at, at War Games and Survivor Series is just sort of an extra. So, <laughs> Yeah, for sure, man. So I'm really happy for that. It's super, super awesome. So there you go, guys. We'll have some inside information on, on how things worked out live and in person That. Survivor Series, and more importantly to me, War Games. <laughs> I'm so excited about that. Like I told you on our NXT show, all it took was me disappearing for a little bit, and guess what? It happens. <laughs> War Games is here. So I remember uh, reading all that and then going in to do the show with Harry, and I'm like, man, I bet you Gary is just screaming on a boat right now somewhere. Like, <laughs> like those movies where they're out in the rain and they're just screaming at the air because they're so angry that they're not here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much that way. I mean, I think that's how Hurricane Nate started. Yeah. Uh, from my <laughs> anger of not being uh, to be able to be on the podcast last week to talk about that. Urgh. But uh, hey, uh, you know what? I'm still gleeful that it's going to take place. And, and my prediction happened. I mean, O'Shawn was very against this. Never going to happen. No, but hey, it is. Oh, ha, 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 ha. Uh, so just, <laughs> I throw that out there. You know, at least I didn't do the crusty crown. You know, <laughs> that's even better. Maybe so. you should have. <laughs> I don't know. I did it anyway. So yeah. I mean, By the way, uh, <laughs> good. It, it's. It, I was just gonna say. You know, it, Simpsons don't sue me because that wasn't close to the real crusty. So it's pretty good and, though. <laughs> <laughs> I try. I'm terrified of clowns, just like you, Paul. So oh. I try to keep away from that stuff. So, which which also amazes me because I'm watching the, the season of American Horror Story that's going on right now, and it's all about clowns. Oh so. my! Why would you do that to yourself, Gary? <laughs> it, it, it also involves a cult that's kind of like Marilyn Manson. So that's that's how I can do it. Is uh, it a not, cult of clowns? 
Yes, but it's more of the Marilyn Manson than it is the clown stuff. So that's frightening. <laughs> yeah, it is. But trust me, it's not too bad. Very interesting show. So, but anyway, uh, you know that's what's going on with us right now. Uh, we are, of course, you know, really excited about the, the, a lot of stuff coming up. But we'll be getting into that in our future episodes. Uh, but now yeah, let's give us a quick hit. We got some really interesting topics here, Paul. Let's do it, buddy. It's time for wrestling news. Take it away, Gary. All right. Well, let's start off by something I kind of teased earlier, and that is, of course, a WWE writer being fired because of the Bullet Club. Well, it's not all the Bullet Club's fault, but it's it, they've got some share uh, in this whole situation. If you guys don't remember, uh, the Bullet Club did make an appearance, I believe it was a couple weeks ago, at a Raw. And they were doing their impressionation of DX. Remember when DX invaded WCW? So they kind of thought they would do it to WWE. And they were making a lot of noise outside the arena. And, of course, you know, a lot of those guys have really good friends in that building, right? They're Mm -hmm. friends with guys like Finn Balor. uh, And a lot more. I'm not going to name drop everybody. But trust me, lots of guys in the building, including some writers and other staff members of WWE. Well, writer Jimmy Jacobs decided he was going to go out and hang out with the guys and see what they were up to and probably just chat. You know, they're all buddies. They're friends. And uh, he ended up taking a picture with them outside the arena. And uh, WB saw this picture. Of course, Jimmy Jacobs did post it on Instagram. So he kind of <laughs> indicted himself in this. Uh, WB didn't like that. And the reason they didn't like it, apparently, is for the reasons of they don't like people putting themselves over especially on their Instagram and social media. But not only that, they were not really thrilled about Bullet Club being there in the first place at a WWE event. So this has caused a man to lose his job. Fair or no fair? That's the question I ask you, Paul. Is this not the most ridiculous thing you've ever heard in your life? (laughs) This is definitely... One of the silliest reasons to get rid of and I understand you're in the middle of this big beef with the Bullet Club. You got you got cease and desist letters. You don't want them to do too sweet. You don't want them to use anything that you've ever done because they're making all this money uh, and sort of are a driving force, I think, behind what sort of makes New Japan pretty popular here in the States. Um, and now, now Jimmy Jacobs uh, just basically hanging out with some friends of his, puts it up on Instagram... As a as a cool little thing, because you know he's more than just his job; he has a life, and now he doesn't have a job anymore. And I I just this is unbelievable. Admittedly, the young bucks sent Daniel Bryan a tweet and told him that they should take a picture with him so he can get fired. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm honestly sure Daniel Bryan has considered that. Yeah, I bet you he is now. <laughs> Wait a minute, this is all I have to do? Yes! 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 (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah, this is terrible. But, you know, this is a very Vince McMahon time thing to do, right? Mm -hmm. I I don't really know if, you know, there was anybody else who made that decision first, but I'm almost positive Vince McMahon got word of this, saw this picture, and goes, I'm pissed off. How dare he do this? This is something that disrespectful to me, disrespectful to blah, blah, blah. You know, just 
just you're fired. And, and you know what? Jimmy Jacobs will do fine. He'll go find some other things. He he was great when he was over there in Ring, Ring of Honor. He'll go somewhere else and do great. So I'm not really worried about the guy. I think he'll find work. But it is disappointing because I think he was a great member of that writing team. I, I think he did a lot of good. And from my understanding and, and some of the other things that you've heard backstage with wrestlers and them talking about him and their creativity in the writing staff, he was one of the more approachable guys, one of the more you know workable writers compared to some of the other guys that are just kind of, hey, I used to write on this random TV show. Here I am. I don't know who you are, but I'm supposed to write for you. <laughs> so it, it's it's. I don't know. I just think it's a bum deal. It really is. It just shows you, like you just mentioned, where WWE's head is about the Bullet Club, how I think angry they are that the Bullet Club is huge. It's this big deal. People are wearing the Bullet Club shirts to WWE events. Mm -hmm. People are, you know, paying a lot of attention to this Bullet Club social media. There's so much that WWE usually gets to steal away from other promotions, right? They usually get to take one thing and the, usually the best thing that a promotion has and bring it home to WWE and then not use it. They, they, that's what they like to do. It They like to kill it by purchasing it, and they can't purchase the Bullet Club. They can't take that away. They can't just take the Young Bucks and just get rid of them. So they've been doing the cease and desist. They've been doing all these other things to trip them up, and guess what? The Young Bucks are still as popular as ever. They don't need all that stuff. They're just great. And so I, I hate this happened for Jimmy Jacobs. Maybe this is a big message to the rest of those superstars backstage. Hey, don't take pictures with anybody else unless you know that Vince is okay with them. Mm -hmm. It's it's insane, too, because as you said, Jimmy Jacobs is, uh, according to a lot of reports, very well liked by a lot of the guys in the back because he used to be a wrestler. Uh, and that's what sort of made him approachable. He he understood, I think, both sides of the coin. And this this is also reportedly the same guy who was uh, who was in with making up the the list gimmick for Chris Jericho, and that was huge. And and this is it's just it's so crazy. It, and to Jimmy Jacobs' credit, too, uh, he's immediately released a shirt with the picture on there on a newspaper that just has the headline "Unprofessional" over it. It's quite hilarious as well. So. <laughs> Uh, I mean, at least he's taking it in stride, but you're right. I mean, Ring of Honor could you I mean, if he wants to go back there and write, I think he would find himself very well at home there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're exactly right. And the guy has got enough credibility now in, in what he's been doing to, to pretty much do whatever he wants. And so that's exciting for him, despite the fact that, yes, he did lose a big job. Sure, a, a pretty nice paycheck every week. Mm -hmm. Um but, you know, that's the, the kind of the, the situation you deal with when you work with WWE. And you deal with people who, well, they don't really care what the reason is. If they feel that you don't need to be there, they just get rid of you. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, there you go. I, I don't really think it's fair. I think we're going to continue to see this type of stuff, especially when it revolves around the Bullet Club, especially New Japan. I mm -hmm. think it bugs WWE so much that New Japan is starting to catch a little bit more wind here in the States. I, I think it really does kind of irk them because they kind of feel like, well, no, 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 they don't, they're, they're nobody, they're nothing. But that's not, it's not true at all. It's, it's just really, let's be honest, the way that, technology has progressed you don't need you don't need usa network anymore to be at the top dog now you just you need to be on the internet and be popular <laughs> that's all you need yep so but anyway well we'll find out where jimmy jacobs goes i'm sure down the line 
but WB may have somebody joining their ranks instead of leaving it, uh, and that is Ricochet. Uh, we're getting more and more closely to that point, We it seems. Uh, this next week's episode of Ultima Lucha Tress is the last episode for Lucha Underground this season. And past that point, that next Wednesday, uh, will mark uh, the start of 90 days. That Ricochet has to be off of WWE tele, or excuse me, off of television in general. Not I said WWE, John, in general television before he can join WWE and be a part of their show. So uh, you know that ninety days will come and go, and you know it, it looks like we're going to be seeing him. I'm sure in NXT. Mm-hmm. Uh that that's certainly the thought. Uh, that people are putting a lot of stock in him losing the the junior tag team titles for uh, New Japan this past week. Uh, the promo he did afterwards, where it sort of felt like he was saying goodbye, and the fact that he's not teaming with Taguchi again in the Super Junior Tag League, it's ACH. A lot of people think this is sort of him transitioning. I've heard of him maybe uh, possibly taking November off, which also could mean he wants time to heal before he has to go in and do the physical and all that with WWE. So a lot of things keep pointing towards that direction. And my biggest question is for sure this guy is going to be an insta draw in NXT when you put him in there, right? This is one of the biggest names on the independent circuit. And if he feels like he can make it in WWE, then absolutely go there. But we talked about this on NXT too. The way he works, uh, you know, he he doesn't want to be in the cruiserweight division. He said that multiple times. But I feel like that's where WWE is going to put him, unless this whole thing gets kiboshed before that ever happens. Uh, you know, it's just when you're a lighter guy now and you have that division. It feels like you're earmarking a lot of people you're signing already for that. It really does. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. You know, you look at him and you say now, oh, well, you're a lighter guy. You, you kind of fit that athletic ability of the cruiserweight. Oh, it's, you're pinpointed right there. You know, that's mm-hmm. as far as you're going to go. And I, I think a lot of independent guys are not really excited about that. I think a lot of them are saying, no, it's. You know, if we're going to be a part of WWE, we want to be a part of WWE. <laughs> we don't want to be a part of what you call 205 Live. We, we want to do other things. We want to be able to reach other goals. We want to have an Intercontinental Championship match. We want to have a U.S. title match. Heck, we want to have a WWE Championship match. We don't feel like we deserve just to be pinholed there. And I think that Ricochet is already letting it be known. If he's coming, he's not going to be pin- pigeonholed, mm-hmm. right? And I'm sure that's possibly going to be in his contract maybe i don't know i'm sure you know there are some logistics there maybe he doesn't get his way um but i think in general what he's done on the independent circuit what he's done in the lucha underground and other places has proven a lot to me that this guy is not just an aerial dynamic type guy but he's also a guy that has a lot of great work rate he's also pretty darn good on the mic Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, I think he's proven himself there too, and, and sure, I'm sure NXT would be a great place for him to kind of straighten some things out that WWE doesn't like, or maybe things they want him to 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 grow and, and all that kind of stuff. But I, I think that you know, it's exciting that he's 
you know, possibly going to WWE. But I think there's going to be a lot of those people like Ricochet looking at this situation and saying, we want to go to WWE. It's our dream. But our dream was never to be a cruiserweight. Our dream was to be a WWE superstar. Yeah. And I think that's that's it for a lot of people. But with, with everything you sort of have, right? I mean, it's it's hard to get out of that um, out of that perception that this is where they're going to put you, you know? The one guy we look at is Neville, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And what Neville has done, Neville has done a great job on Monday Night Raw, on WWE just in general, and really kind of showcased himself as a babyface, as a heel. The guy has done a lot of great things. And sure, he did go to the Cruiserweight division. He won the Cruiserweight title, has really represented the company very, very well. And we just talked about this week uh, on, the, on the Tuesday show that you know he was a little unhappy. And we even reported that he could possibly be leaving to be asking for his release. Now, there are reports coming out now that he did not ask for his release. Who's yet to know what the truth is, right? Um, but I think that's a major factor of everything we're talking about here, about the fact that you know being pigeonholed in the Cruiserweight you know, uh, I guess you would say the cruiserweight division is not the place that they want to stay. They want to have the opportunities to do other things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I definitely think that's sort of where Neville was at, right? As we talked about on the last show, is they, according to the reports, they had him scheduled to lose to Enzo. He was going to walk, and he didn't want to do it, so he walked out and asked for his release and everything. I haven't heard or read anything that said that the walkout didn't happen. But a lot of places are now saying that he hasn't left the company. Uh, he's still signed with them. Uh, WWE has apparently reached out to, or people who have reached out to WWE have said that he has not left the company either. Uh, so there is that. So his release, if he asks for it, has not been granted or anything like that. Uh, there's a lot of people on Twitter, and there's a really interesting tweet actually from Austin and Marys who says, that if uh, if a somebody or something is not living up to your self worth, then leave. Um, and uh, from somebody like Austin Aries, who probably is the reason why he left WWE, that seems kind of cryptic. You know that he's referencing Neville and all that too, and it's just very very interesting. And we talked about maybe what would happen if Neville left and all that, but I. This is a very interesting situation that I'm sure we're going to keep talking about to death just because I think if Neville does leave, that's that's sort of a, I don't want to say a, a sign, but it does sort of tip the balance into people who are getting pigeonholed into this division and the way it's sort of been booked and going. Maybe it's not as, the um, you know, I don't want to say, viable is not the word I'm looking for, but it's not the pearly gates I think that people are envisioning now when they see WWE. Uh, exactly. And, and, you know, guys like Ricochet coming into the company have to consider that, you know, and a, a big name like Neville holds a lot of weight with those guys. And they, they know who this guy is, right? They, they've seen his work. They, they really enjoyed it. They've, you know, probably been in the ring with him. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, I mean, that, that holds a lot of weight. And I think WWE's going to have to reevaluate that cruiserweight division and really evaluate those guys as in, hey, they can cross over anytime, any way we want them to. Instead of saying, oh, no, you know, you're in that cruiserweight division. You no longer have rights to go for any other title or any other big matchup, right? So that's the thing. And I'm sure Kalisto himself, you know, I'm sure, you know, if it is a pigeonhole system, 
it, it wasn't really a promotion for him. Um, mm-hmm. If that's the case, it was more of a, hey, we've got nothing for you. So, hey, here's a spot in a place where you don't get to go do anything else. Yeah. And uh, it makes you wonder if that's the way it feels like a demotion. And I don't know. I don't know, really, because I'm not behind the scenes. I don't know how their creative works or how Vince considers cruiserweights. But what I do know is, you know, Ricochet going over there is a big deal. But, you know. Just like Neville, he would walk away too, I'm sure, if he doesn't get his chances to, to do other things besides the cruiserweight division. And so <laughs> uh, this is a whole situation that we're going to have to kind of monitor and really watch uh, very closely because uh, the way the indie scene is working right now, Paul, you can make a lot of money and you don't have to be stuck doing what WWE wants you to do. Mm-hmm. So who knows? Um, but I'm still happy that Ricochet's coming. I don't know about you. I think he's going to be a big deal. Uh, I just I'm excited. I certainly look forward to his work in NXT. That that is for sure. Just because it's it's almost like NXT has become the the last stop for you to get the indies out of your system before you have to sort of subject yourself to what's going on in the main roster. And I think a lot of people have sort of found ways to work within that system to find success, and others sort of haven't. And I I don't know really if Ricochet is going to be one of those guys. As much mm-hmm. as I love him and as talented as he is, uh, the independent mindset I think is pretty, pretty deep inside a lot of these guys' heads, and sometimes they're able to change it, like like a Seth Rollins, like a Daniel Bryan. Sometimes they're not. Yeah, you bring up a good point. You really do. I mean, uh, even though we keep talking about Neville, but Neville's one of those guys too who's had to change a lot and yeah. who worked his way into that system. But you know. Uh, that's why I keep hoping Neville sticks around because mm-hmm. <laughs> I love him so much. Uh, I think he's such a great talent. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, something else that we're kind of monitoring when it comes to WB is Jinder Mahal. Apparently, he's looking like he's been working injured here, Paul. Yeah, he uh, apparently has been working with a shoulder injury. I don't know if that's an excuse at all for the work he's been putting out, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> at least you hope so. At least you hope so. Yeah. Uh, apparently at live shows, he has his shoulder pretty taped up, um, and using kinesio tape and a bunch of other stuff. And they don't want him to do that on air because, uh, they don't want him to look like he's any weaker, I guess. But if, if that is true, then I, I mean, props to gender for, I mean, really props to gender for everything he's been able to accomplish. Right. I mean, he was given a chance and I think as far as WWE has gone with him, and literally, literally sort of try to let him run with it, even though they haven't let him venture, I think, too far out of the system that they are the the pigeonhole that they want him in. Uh, certainly, you know, tough guy, right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, working through any injury, it's, you know, uh, it's a task to really handle. And when you don't have the opportunity to use some things to kind of, contain the pain or you know keep the muscles where they need to be that's a, that's a problem and you know for him that means he's a tough guy for me that also shows that he's willing to to go out there and put it all in line despite you know the fact that he you know is in a lot of pain mm-hmm. and we've seen this you know all the time uh we've seen quite a bit of times where guys come out and say look you know i've had an ankle injury i've worked on for six months but hey you know this is my job i do it every day and that's great and you've got to add Jinder mahal to that list and mm-hmm. really appreciate the fact that he's still coming out there and doing his job now 
I think for our sake and probably for WWE's in, in the long run, they do need to give him those breaks if he really is injured. They need to let him heal up a little bit at least because, you know, especially if you want those big matches that people are going to start talking about around the water cooler, you 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 can't have Jinder Mahal there at 55%. You really need him at a, a higher rate. Mm-hmm. So they, they need to give him that time if this is the excuse we're going to say that, Hey, gender's just, you know, shoulder, that's why, yeah, you know? It's all that pesky shoulder, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, who, know, who knows, you know? Who knows how long he's going to be champion, too? We don't know that either. So, uh, But, yeah, some of the news that I really found interesting, and this is something that, you know, we kind of touched on Lucha Underground a little bit earlier, but I kind of want to go back to it because we talked about this on our Tuesday show about Lucha Underground and their future still being in limbo. They don't know what's going to happen. We mentioned that, you know, what's going on in El Rey? They want Lucha Underground. They still are very interested. They're even willing to put some of their own money in. But it's not going to be enough. And honestly, Lucha Underground, I think, is looking past El Rey. Mm-hmm. I, they're shopping their show around to many, many networks, really hoping that someone bites, really hoping it's a network that can fund their show and really kind of push it along in front of a bigger audience. And that's their hope right now. Now, who knows if that's going to actually happen. But this is causing a lot of, to go on between the producers and just the future of this show. Each show costs around $400,000. That's a big chunk of change. That's, that's incredibly that's, huge. <laughs> and, and this past season, Paul, I think they're, they're, they're reaching 40 episodes, right? Mm-hmm. When they complete, that's do the math that's that's a ridiculous amount of money but for the show to keep at the level it's been which I, if you're gonna ask me i think it's at a high level i really do i enjoy everything they do camera angles cam storylines the, the talent that they have on that roster it, it, it means a lot and for them to keep at that level that's the the price range we're looking at which means that's big network type money that means that there's so much more involved in El Rey can handle mm-hmm. at this moment, and, and so much more than the guys that are producing this show can handle without other funds coming in. Because you know, there are some producers that you know work with this show who say this is not really making us any money. We're not really progressing anywhere. The audience isn't growing as much as we want. We should just go ahead and let this thing go. Mm-hmm. And then there's the other producers who are saying, "Look, you get on a bigger network." We've got something here. We've got a niche. People are going to come and check this thing out if they know we're around. It's just a problem. We're not there. We're not at the moment where a multitude of people know we're here. So we're still at the situation we've kind of talked about, Paul, but there, there's a lot here. I, there is a lot going on. And uh, the, the, fir- the episode cost to me is just that's insanely outrageous. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it, yeah. just talking like 400. Four hundred thousand an episode at forty is is one point what one point six million dollars like that that's insane. Not to mention, you know anything else that you're picking up and as as we often talk about or at least Sean likes to to t- say you know lucha people aren't talking about lucha as much as they used to. Uh, obviously, I think the big breaks have a lot of something to do with that. But even then, you know they have a merchandise deal with Pro Wrestling Tees where you can buy the Lucha Underground T-shirts there. Uh, you have the iTunes stuff, and they're on Netflix still, I think. Uh, 
I, I don't know how many different avenues of money they had just because they never got that house show thing running like they wanted to either. It's it's really a catchy thing. Like I mean, if from the sounds of it, the producers that want to find a different network don't want to stick around for the money that they're going to get to stay on El Rey, right? It, it, it mm-hmm. apparently is going to affect the product so much that it won't be the same and it, it may not be worth pursuing at that point to them. I absolutely understand the other side of the coin here where nobody's making any money. The audience isn't growing. We we have a product that the people that we found are enjoying for sure. But if we're not – if it's not making us any money and we're just spending money and spending money, it's not like El Rey's got a ton of money to spend, right? So uh-huh. if this is the end for Lucha, I understand. I, I'm, I'd be upset still because I am a huge fan of this product as, as you are, Gary. But I – uh I kind of hope that they do find life somewhere else if El Rey isn't where they want to be anymore. And El Rey and Robert Rodriguez will still have some ownership stake if, if the place continues on somewhere else too. So it's not like they just completely disappear from the picture. But as we mention all the time, I, I mean, Netflix, if they can find a way to, to get the next season on there as well as have a season four on there, I think that's the absolute best way to do it. They might have to rework contracts. Uh, cause obviously, <laughs> uh, I don't know how they're going to do the releases or anything if they do that, but I, th- I think there is a market on Netflix for them to, to pursue just cause you know, so many people have it. I think people checked out glow, um, are, are going to be more willing to, I think, give wrestling a chance. It's just, is Netflix going to want to take that chance or Amazon or who are, you know, I don't think network TV is where they'll end up if you ask me. Yeah, you're exactly right on that because network TV is not going to allow them to do a lot of the things they do now. Uh-huh. And, you know, it's too bloody. Uh, so even some of the language that is kind of put out there, well, I don't know. I watched the network TV the other night and I was kind of shocked at some of the language I heard. <laughs> so mm-hmm. maybe they can, uh, but uh, network TV is just not going to look at that and say, oh, we're going to spend a lot of money. They're going to say, no. You got to change this, this, and this, and guess what? It wouldn't be Lucha Underground anymore, right? Uh, so you're right, and they've got to find a place which is going to be cable somewhere, basic cable, um, you know. And I don't know. I really, we we've discussed this and discussed this, and it just there's so much of a gap uh, between networks on who would be willing to do it and who wouldn't, and I think there's so little. Um, opportunities right now mm-hmm. because if you don't have sci-fi buying into it you don't even have a maybe even an mtv who did some wrestling back in the day or spike tv it's spike tv to me i know they did their whole thing with impact routine whatever mm-hmm. but i think lucha underground would work great on spike tv i think it would actually gain a lot more attention and i think it would actually do better for the audience if you ask me personally but I, I don't even think they even care about wrestling anymore. I think they're more to you know MMA or something else in that realm compared to wrestling. So mm-hmm. it, it's a shame. It really, really is. I hope that there is something that takes place. I think you're completely right. Netflix is wonderful. Hulu is wonderful, too. Mm-hmm. The, the way our society is going, the way that young people look at TV now – they're not so much interested in having just cable. They just want Lucha. Uh, they want to have Hulu and they want to have Netflix or Amazon. All those different social media type things, all those streaming services, they all work better with the young people. Lucha Underground, mm-hmm. to me, works great with young people. It really does. 
I think it's right there in their wheelhouse. So great stuff. I just, man, I want Lucha to live. Yeah, uh, me too. Uh, just like you said, I, I'd be willing to take the, the stripped down version if that's all they can give us too. But, uh, boy, if they find a, if they find a way onto Netflix, I am super down for that. Um, same here. And if it becomes a Netflix exclusive, mm-hmm. oh my God, Paul, mm-hmm. there's no telling what we could get. <laughs> I mean, you know, some of those uh, simulated sex scenes could be sex scenes. <laughs> could could be legit. You're right. <laughs> Absolutely right. I know that's not saying I'm asking for that, but I'm just being honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and probably a little bit more blood and guts too. So, uh, but yeah. So we'll, we'll continue to to really monitor Lucha Underground. I just I, I just uh, have a lot of fear and a little bit of worry, um, but I, I'm not going to put it past them to work out a great deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, really quick, we're talking about streaming services and all that. IPW uh, in the UK has apparently left Flow Slam. This is uh, really interesting because one, IPW uh, is one of the few promotions that are still left on there after WWN is left. I don't think Beyond is on there anymore either. And obviously, House of Hardcore has signed with Twitch, so I don't think they're going to be on Flow Slam anymore either. A lot of this talk uh, uh you know promotions leaving and all that it it really makes me believe that WWN has a serious counter suitcase here to get all these people to sort of at least see the the either the writing on the wall or something that is not working with flow slam um that it's not the great deal it was always meant to be and and maybe there's something more to the other side of this case than what's really there but they they were also one of the last people on there to run live content for them that's not there anymore so, I, I, Flow Slams, I think life is, is sort of in jeopardy here a little bit. I'm sure they can find some way to keep this going if they wanted to, but I, it really does make me think that WWN has a serious counter suitcase here if people are bailing on them and all this other stuff. Yeah, I, for sure. You know, and, you know, I, I really, in a way, kind of feel for Flow Slam because they had such great, you know, potential and <laughs> they had a lot of great people under, you know, their streaming surface. But with this whole fiasco, the lawsuit, it, it just looks like we're looking at a, a rough a road ahead for them. And, <laughs> you know, so uh, just lots we'll to continue to monitor that too. Um, you know, not a lot to really say because, I mean, this is kind of the same thing we've said week in and week out about Flow Slam. Right. <laughs> But at least, you know, people have a little bit more information under their belt. Mm-hmm. Uh, one last thing that we got to talk about here, Paul, and Quick Hits, is um, kind of interesting, but funny more for me. <laughs> uh, Jim Cornette apparently decided to pull his penis out. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, now it doesn't sound uh, – let me, let me tell you people really before you start judging him. Uh, he was apparently at a show, um, and it's of course a Bruce Pritchard show, which they had their live shows, kind of like you've seen Jim Ross do. I think Jericho's mm-hmm. done some too. You know, where they, you know, sit down interviews in front of a bunch of people. It's a big deal. You buy your ticket, you go and just sit down for a couple hours and enjoy the show. Well, you know, uh, they had a picture of one Vince Russo, and it's a little cardboard cutout head of Vince Russo. And uh, Jim Cornette saw it, put it on the floor, and pulled his pants down like he was going to pee on it. Um, <laughs> which, hey, it's hilarious. Good job, Jim Cornette. I, I applaud you for that. Uh, the, the actual visualization of the penis, I don't think I needed that. Um, 
Thank God I haven't personally seen it. Um, I'm sure some of those out there have seen it already. Uh, but nonetheless, um, we're getting more Jim Cornette than we ever asked for. Yeah, absolutely. I, uh, I've been a fan of Jim Cornette for a long time. Don't think I ever wanted to hear about this. There is video evidence of it floating around on YouTube. It is censored, of course, but, uh, it's, it's a very real thing that happened. I just, this is hilarious to me. <laughs> Jim Cornette's insanity is starting to leak out maybe a little too much. Oh, my God. This guy. Okay, so, you know, he's been a little bit more relevant lately. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, his podcast is doing the numbers. It's probably, you know, pretty good, I'm assuming. And, and, of course, you know, you also have him doing these type of shows. He's been on Impact Wrestling. This guy also has made news, you know, recently. I think it may have been around that same Bruce Pritchard show uh, where he t- talked about his interactions with Santino Morella. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw that going around, his, you know, that whole argument that they had at a some kind of Comic-Con or whatever they were doing. Um, but nonetheless, I mean, so this guy is very mouthy, doing his same old shtick, but now he's getting a little bit more controversial, showing us his junk, you know. It, <laughs> I mean... I just, I don't know, man. Uh, you know, of course, I'm sure he's going to talk about it more and more as we go on. But this is wild. I mean, this guy is unraveling. It, it's, it's amazing. It really is. It's just one of those things that you read about and you have to tell people about it. And then you don't really know what to say afterwards because the story pretty much tells itself. <laughs> it really does. <laughs> I, you know, I haven't seen the video. I don't know if it's a long story or a short story. I, <laughs> you know, <laughs> we'll never know unless you were there live. <laughs> okay, so you know, if you were there live, you can let us know. Is it a long story or a short story? <laughs> Do I really care? Uh, not a lot. I, I just don't. It's it's. Come on, Jim Cornette. Really? I mean, so well, you know, at least he got some exposure, Paul. He, he sure did. Big deal. He got a <laughs> lot of exposure. A lot of people have eyes on him now. It's uh, it's a picture. I don't think that's going to be going away for a long time. No. <laughs> uh, although we, we we may want to have that yes, go away. I'm sure the people live were like, uh, <laughs> I wish I hadn't seen that. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Well. Uh. But yeah, we'll, we'll leave it at that, and uh, we'll move on with our show. How about yeah. that? <laughs> yeah. Uh, we've got some uh, really great stuff looking forward to. Uh, we're going to, of course, talk about some King of Pro Wrestling later on, and we'll also be getting into some impact. But right now, we're going to jump into some Lucha Underground Ultimate Treus uh, 3. Uh, let's talk about it. Gary just crushing it with the Spanish here. <laughs> uh, it's Ultima Lucha, Tres, but you know this is technically the third part of it, and I, and I, that's, I shouldn't have said it that way. That's how I found it on in the ways I find this show. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I am definitely not bilingual. Sean not being here. Sean, see, with you not being here to do the Spanish part ruins it. Yeah, it just means me and Gary get to look silly as we try to speak Spanish. Uh, <laughs> These white people, I swear. Yeah. Uh, we open with uh, the last Luchador standing match as Taya takes on Sexy Star. Uh, about nine and a half minutes or so. Lots of intensity. I think they told a really great story. They fight all over the arena. Uh, lots of energy. Lots of They trade all sorts of stuff back and forth. Taya gets slammed into a steel door. Uh, 
Taya, that busts her open like super bad. She was just, uh, the blood did not stop on the last episode. People, uh, they battle up into the audience. They end up setting up some uh, some tables, uh, stack them up, but they both fall down through them. And sexy manages to get up before Taya to win the match. As much as I'm sort of down on Sexy Star, this was still pretty darn good. It really was. And, and like you said, it, it's hard to kind of get up for a Sexy Star match. It, it just, you, you get that taste in your mouth immediately, and you're just like, oh, you just don't want to watch it. But you know what? I mean, you're right. It, it ended up being a lot better than I wanted it to be, to be honest. I really was hoping it would be crappy so I could just get on here and rag on it. <laughs> but I, I, I can't. I, I've got to be honest with you. It was, it was pretty decent here. And, and, you know, and once again, you're right. The blood does not stop flowing. Uh, Taya, good job. I mean, you, you didn't look like Ivelisse, but I mean,. She it sure is what tried it to do her best impression. Yeah, yeah, I know she did. I mean, uh, but I, I think you know, sexy star wins this, and will it matter? I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I don't care about that part. I think you know the, the important part here is they had a pretty good match. Yeah, I mean, if there is a season four, uh, I don't even know if sexy's going to be around for it too. And somebody who's so woven into the fabric, I think, of the promotion with. With how much they really pushed her, it's it's going to be really interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, the good thing is they can just you know have uh, her explode into a million pieces somehow. So legitimately could happen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, they they have that ability on that show. It's true. It's very true. Uh, after that, we get the uh, trios championship match as uh, the Mac teams up with. Killshot and Dante Fox, who were appointed by Dario Cueto after the Mac won his unique opportunity battle royal last week to take on the Reptile Tribe, which is, of course, Drago, Vibora, and Pindar with Cobra Moon. Uh, the thing, they, they come right out of the gates. Uh, this is super fast-paced, I think, as you would expect. And this is just a really, really fun match. Lots of action. Uh, coming down the stretch, you have Cobra Moon try to get Pindar to use the collar that they use for Drago, but he refuses. He wants to win this on his own, and uh, it's unfortunately his undoing as this allows the uh, opposing trio to come in, hit all their big stuff. Big stunner on Pindar puts him away uh, after kill shot hits the uh, the kill stomp. Mac gets his first taste of championship gold here, and kill shot and Dante Fox seemingly have buried the hatchet and commentary I think did a wonderful job of really putting over the fact that they found some sort of respect after almost murdering each other two weeks ago. Yeah, you're right on that. And you know, to me, this is a great story. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's just really exciting to see. And I also want to say, I, I love how last week, you know, Cuerto is just like, Haha, you know, if these guys have anything left, you have an opportunity to win, but kind of, joking it off like these guys are going to be so dead mm-hmm. and and they come into this and they still give you an excellent performance and they're they're able to win this match and like you said they can bury the hatchet and you know now be a team and team up with this guy in the mac who's really good and you know is going to go somewhere i think and uh, i you know once again something else that i think it's going to suck um if we don't have another season because i, I would love to see this story continue this story, as well as the Reptile Tribe, right? Like, everything isn't as simpatico as we thought it was. Pindar seems to have ideas of his own. 
there's still that big legend around Drago and, and Vibora's uh, ancient fight from many, many eons ago. And, I mean, they got to free Drago at some point, right? So I want to see that get some closure as well. It's uh, leaving us on a bit of a bad place with those guys. Yeah, definitely. You know, and uh, the bathroom will never be the same. It's true. I mean, if there's not lizards in there, then what are we doing? You know, exactly, man. (laughs) Come on. So it makes me want to go get, you know, if, you know, they don't have one to go buy one of those fat heads and just have him in there with me every time I go. (laughs) Oh, boy. I bet Amanda would greatly appreciate that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What the heck is this guy in a mask doing in the bathroom? It just it, it, it makes things flow a lot better. Just trust me. <laughs> Amanda, I don't know why they're in there either. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm showering is a little bit odder now, but yeah. it's okay. <laughs> I'm completely happy with it. <laughs> uh, let's talk about this main event, though. The Gift of the Gods title is on the line and hung above the ring as it's a ladder match. Pentagon Dark is taking on Son of Havoc. Boy... I mean, all the matches on this episode were great. I think I just enjoyed this one the most. The atmosphere was just so special here. The crowd is into both guys. Uh, you could argue they're both the most over on the roster. Uh, and they, they go out here and just have themselves a barn burner of a match. Uh, great, great spots all the way around. Lots of ladder usage, lots of chair usage. I tell you, I thought Son of Havoc died. Uh, with that package pile driver on all the chairs, and it he didn't fortunately, uh, <laughs> and Pentagon ends up managing to toss havoc off of uh, you know the little ladder bridge that they like to build through uh, through some tables, climbs up the ladder, gets the championship, big victory for Pentagon, moving forward, and uh, the questions sort of abound, right? Is when is he going to cash it in now? Because Pentagon has always been gunning after that Lucha Underground title. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the biggest question, you know. And and uh, I just, I, I'm just so thrilled for him. That's mm-hmm. all I can say. I'm a huge Pentagon Dark fan, and so this is something that's going to be a lot of fun to kind of watch. And you know, well, you know, I, I, I just don't know how it's going to, you know, continue. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, and before we get out of here, the, uh, after the credits, Puma is in Vampiro's little temple area or whatever, uh, and Vampiro starts talking to Puma, telling him that to uh, he he has to beat Mundo, right? He not only to save his career, but to win the championship, to get everything back that he has lost since he lost the title. And Puma understands all this. And sort of walks off screen, and as Vampiro sits down where Puma was, you can hear a mysterious voice congratulate Vampiro on a job well done, and Vampiro whispers uh, thank you to his master. So, Vampiro's been manipulating people seemingly for somebody else's gain, and not just his own. I, I... you know, there's there's enough evil deities running around. Why not throw in another one? You know, <laughs> <laughs> I know. You know, and now you have that big question, and I'm sure that'll be the last shot on you know this season of mm-hmm. you know Lucha Underground. Will be you know see Vampiro, and all of a sudden he'll get involved somehow, and then that deity shows up, which will probably be Eugene. So <laughs> why not at this point? <laughs> I know. Why not? That'd be that'd be hilarious. You know. <laughs> 
uh, but no, I, I am interested. You know, yeah. all jokes aside, I am very interested. I think they did a good job with this, and you know, we'll have to you know see if that all, all the stuff I just said does take place where you know vampiro is an integral part of what happens because mm-hmm. the writing on the wall you know is not going to be ricky you know uh, puma winning so right uh i mean you know next week's two hours gary lots of stuff to happen next week for sure big cage match that gauntlet triple threat of course the main event for the title with puma mundo Inter- if lucha underground doesn't get anything after this they certainly have given you an ending worth remembering so far that's right. That grand finale of fireworks that will be a blast to watch. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited, and I hope everybody else is too. So we'll catch that next week. All right. Well, now we're going to move on to talk some new Japan. And that's right. We have the King of Pro Wrestling to talk about. Paul will be back and talking about all of that. King of Spot. New Japan Pro Wrestling. All right. Uh, lots of stuff happening up and down this card. Uh, the opener doesn't leave you with a whole bunch of story stuff going on here. LIJ beats the Bullet Club, which, of course, is Bad Luck Fale, Yujiro Takahashi, and uh, Leo Tonga, uh, who is, of course, the younger big brother of uh, the Grills of Destiny, who I still think looks pretty good here, but it's a, it's a short match, as you would expect for the opener here. Not a whole lot going on story-wise. Uh, next match, you have Goto and uh, Toriyanu taking on the Suzuki Gun members of Suzuki and Zack Sabre Jr. Building up a story here with Yano and Suzuki once again as Yano continues to have Suzuki's number due to all of his tricks and everything. And as Suzuki tries to play them uh, near the finish here by trying to tie up Yano at the end, it ends up working against Suzuki. He gets counted out as uh, Yano ends up rolling back into the ring all tied up, which is pretty funny, and then ends up stealing the Never Openweight Championship from Suzuki, uh, leaving some young lions to eat some very nasty chair shots, unfortunately for them. But (laughs) Uh, this would not be the last time Suzuki-gun would destroy them either, as Zack Sabre Jr. also gets some hits in as well. Maybe one of the bigger stories coming out of this show is Rapagni 3K, Making their debut, Rocky Romero bringing in Sho and Yo, uh, the Tempora Boys from Ring of Honor, if you've been listening to our reviews of that. Obviously, former Young Lions here in New Japan making their grand return to a huge ovation to defeat Ricochet and Ryusuke Taiguchi. This is an absolutely wonderful match. Sho and Yo, uh, really, I think, showing you how much they've grown, obviously, since then. And really showing you what they can do, because I don't know if Ring of Honor ever gave them a platform to really show off everything they could do. You know, you got little glimpses and pieces of them doing certain spots here or there, especially with the Young Bucks, but nothing to the caliber you get here, and this was just absolutely wonderful. Uh, And then that brings us to the heavyweight tag team title match, uh, which is, of course, the tornado elimination bout between... The newly minted champions, Killer Elite Squad, taking on G.O.D. and War Machine. The Gorillas end up getting eliminated first. They aren't super, super happy about that. Easy enough for me to say. Come in and beat up some War Machine, which ends up uh, costing War Machine their chance to regain the championships and Killer Elite Squad walk away. Still your champions. And, of course, are beating up Young Lions of their own on their way out as well. Uh, a lot of this sort of leaves me thinking that War Machine is going to be a pretty heavy favorite to win the Tag League come December. So, 
Uh, certainly something to look out for there, and I, I would love to see Killer Elite Squad and War Machine straight up 2-on-2 at the Dome. I think that would just be stellar. Uh, after that, you have a six-man tag team match with the Bullet Club. Cody teaming up with Kenny Omega and Marty Scroll to take on the Chaos Contingent of Beretta, Jado, and Yoshihashi. This is, of course, some easy and light build-up for Yoshihashi challenging Kenny Omega to the United States Championship, which will take place here in a couple days, actually, here in Ring of Honor on their Global Wars Tour, which, of course, you can see on a pay-per-view for $20 uh, through their website. And I would assume Fight TV as well, but we'll just have to wait and see there. But basically, lots of Bullet Club shenanigans here, as you would expect. Uh, and Jado basically getting his butt beat for most of the match as well. So <laughs> not not a whole ton to look at here. Of course, uh, if you're into the Bullet Club shenanigans, though, this is totally for you. Uh, after that, you have Juice Robinson teaming up with Kota Ibushi to take on Hiroshi Tanahashi and Togi Makabe. And, of course, Ibushi and Tanahashi will main event the Power Struggle show for, with the IW, uh, IWGP Intercontinental title in the balance. And it, you get some light interactions here or there. Uh, but Togi ends up going up top for the King Kong knee drop misses, and Juice ends up getting a big victory here, which is great for him, and I think you get a nice little tease of what Ibushi and Tanahashi are going to be all about come that Power Struggle show. And then you have these uh, last three matches here, all titles on the line, and really probably the biggest happenings on this show. First up, uh, Kushida defends the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship against Will Ospreay, who has never ever beaten him in his career no matter where they go japan the uk the u.s doesn't matter kushida always wins except this time will osprey finally pulls it out with uh, a huge os cutter a wonderful match as you would expect between these two uh lower tier match of the year candidate on your hands here great match as these two always have and it was really cool to see osprey get the win Sumo Hall lit up, and of course this is the place where he made his debut against Kushida as well for the promotion. So all of that sort of coming full circle for him. It's a really great moment. And then afterwards you have Hiromu Takahashi come on out, and uh, just as he is about to sort of challenge Will Osprey, uh, you have Marty Scroll come out and break his fingers, uh, which Hiromu hilariously oversells. It's wonderful. And Marty makes a challenge, so at Power Struggle, it's going to be Osprey and Scroll for the Junior Heavyweight title, which never gets old. That should be wonderful as well. And uh, I guess trying to figure out who... I, I assume it's going to be Hiromu and Osprey at the Dome, which I think is just going to be terrific. But you can never count Kushida out of the big match plans moving forward. So something to keep in mind there as well, for sure. And then uh, we have the co-main event here as... Uh, Tetsuya Naito defends the IWGP Heavyweight Championship contract that he won uh, from the G1 against Tomohiro Ishii. And unsurprisingly, this is just absolutely wonderful. Uh, moment of the match, Naito goes to do his little tranquilo flip. Ishii runs right back into the ring and drops an elbow on his head uh, to make him pay for being so silly. So <laughs> uh, There's great gifts of that floating around. You should absolutely watch this match, though. It's terrific, as it always is. Naito retains the briefcase, and lots of talk in places really debating about whether having the contract defended going forward is is the way to go, because nobody ever seems to lose it. Uh, so I know you can't really do that with Naito this year, because the, the writing is on the wall that the Dome against Okada in the main event is going to be sort of his crowning moment 
of being the the number two guy now in New Japan because I I don't assume Okada is going to ever usurp the ace position until I'm in my forties. So uh, <laughs> uh, Naito, uh, I mean, may, maybe next year you could have somebody win the G one and then lose the championship shot. I think that would be a great story to tell um, and, and kind of freshen things up in this back half of the year. Where people, I would say, sort of interest kind of wanes a little after King of Pro Wrestling, if you ask me. Uh, and that leaves us with our main event as uh, Kazuchika Okada defends the IWGP Heavyweight Title against Evil. Unnecessarily long, I think, if you ask me. They get over thirty minutes here, which of course I think is probably expected from an Okada match. Now, Evil hangs with them pretty well, I think, throughout the match. Uh, I just, I don't know if it needed 30 minutes to tell the story because you could tell they were sort of left scrambling at times. Okada, of course, retains here and now you have the official match, which you have the initial promos between the two after this match between Okada and Naito as they begin to gear up for Wrestle Kingdom 12 inside the Tokyo Dome on January 4th of next year. Everybody's probably super hyped for that. I, I wish I could go. Uh, I want to go to one of these shows one day, and I, and I will sometime before I die. But this is a pretty solid show. Definitely the junior heavyweight title and the uh, the Naito Ishii match are worth your time. I would also argue that the, the junior heavyweight tag team title match is worth your time as well. It's terrific platform for Rapogni 3K to really show what they can do. Yeah, there you go. That's awesome, man. It sounds like a pr- pretty exciting show overall. You know, yeah, it's uh, it's one of their biggest shows of the year for sure. And and while the main event unfortunately didn't, I think deliver as well as people wanted, I think you still got a pretty darn good show on your hands here. Yeah, and you know, hopefully it'll you know get people to that lull coming, like you said. Mm-hmm. So, but we we got some exciting stuff coming from New Japan anyway, and I think that's the, the big thing here. So we'll see. Um, but you know, let's hope that the people do keep their interests. Uh, but let's move on though. Uh, that was a really cool you know conversation there for uh, you and uh, you alone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I felt we had a bad because I wanted to comment that you know I'm just gonna let Paul get through because you know I didn't get a chance to watch the show and. Um, Sean was supposed to do the whole thing with you, but he did a great job, and now people are informed if they didn't get a chance. They're like me. I was listening and getting informed about some stuff that I had yet to watch, so there you go. Uh, but now we are going to move and talk about something that we did both watch, and that is some Impact Wrestling. We'll do that next. Oh, Gary, you want to talk about a show that just never grabbed my attention. hey you know what you're right there with me and uh so yeah you know i i'll let you start this thing off and let's see if we can get through without uh you know falling asleep and thank god i have the new shadow of war game to keep me company while i was watching this because this (laughs) i might not be here doing this show right now uh we we get some clips of the impact guys participating in the recent noah tour uh eddie edwards garza jr and eli drake uh, they had a big show where Eli Drake got to defend the GFW title there, which you get to see clips of that throughout the night. Uh, you get to see clips of Eddie Edwards retaining the GHC Heavyweight Championship against Naomichi Marfuji. And you get to see little bits of Garza Jr. competing over there as well. And I, I enjoy that they are really showing off all of these relationships that they have. I really do. It's just there are three matches on this show. And your wrestling time maybe equals 20 minutes 
um, of of what's happening in the arena, and that's that's really rough. I, I don't mind you showing me all these guys' international success because I think that's a big part of what Impact wants to show everybody is that these guys are becoming internationally known and and all that. But it really sort of takes away, I think, from what you're trying to accomplish at other parts of the show. I, I'm right there with you, and here, here's the thing for me. Uh, you know, I, I get it. You got to be international. You're doing all these things, but for myself, it's so easy to get distracted. It's so easy <clears> to <throat> say, "Oh, let's just do what they're supposed to do on this show." I, all this stuff made this particular episode feel like a go home show for a pay per view. It, it just it's the way it felt to me the entire <laughs> night, and uh, there's no pay per view. <laughs> So that's that's the the feeling I got because they were so focused on all these video packages, showing off these guys what they're doing, having them talk about these places, and I I get it. You you've got to make Noah sound like it's the 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 best place that you've ever been. You've Mm got to make uh, these other places to feel like that they are a big deal. Like the Smash promotion is this this huge huge deal, which you know it's a deal. But it's not that big. Mm-hmm. And I think as you watch those clips of the shows, you see it's not that big. Mm-hmm. So that's what bothers me about the whole thing. I, and we'll continue to get into that. But you're completely right. You know, good. You know, you're showing them, bestumped them, but a little too much of it. Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely agree that they went overboard. If you're going to give me two or three segments, that's fine. But they give you like five and they take up so, a good amount of time, too. So, mm-hmm. Oh, boy, you're telling me. Uh, outside of that, we open with LAX uh, basically laying out what the 5150 match is going to be. They call out OVE. They want the match at uh, Bound for Glory, which they agree, which OVE agrees to. Uh, and we find out that 5150 means it's going to be every single member of LAX against OVE. Uh, and what I assume is just going to be a street fight. Uh, so that means you get Diamante, Ortiz, Santana, I would assume Loki, I don't know, um, and Conan, of course. I don't know if I'm all that interested. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I, I'm, I'm with you. And, I, you know, I'm trying to find my way to, to start to, to fall in love with OVE. Mm-hmm. And, and there's really nothing about the guy. I, I just, this is the first time I've ever seen him. So mm-hmm. you're talking about a guy who has missed out, I'm sure, on a lot of great content that those guys have had in the indies and other places. That's that's awesome. I am not privy to that. And so as I sit here and watch them, I'm trying to find ways to get invested in OVE. And, and it, I'm just yet to get to that point. And mm-hmm. them in this match with LEX, which I think LEX is fine, but I still feel like LEX is kind of about 75% of what they once were. Yeah. Um, and so you're still kind of getting under that uh, part of the whole situation. So I, I, I get what they're trying to do. I'm okay with it. I think the matchup will be fun because it is a match where every member of LAX can be involved. But outside of that, I don't know how much I'm going to be super disappointed or super happy, however it goes. And that's a problem for me. I. Uh, it- I, I've seen some of OVE's work outside of Impact, but if we're just looking at Impact and what they've given you, we've talked about this before. They don't really have a whole lot going for them, right? They're 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 just sort of these weird guys. Uh, 
and they get to fly around the ring for a little bit and they've beaten everybody and that's really it there's no there's no character to them there's nothing else really explained about them and that makes it really hard i think to get invested in this other than you know because the entire feud is lax is just mad they lost the titles and now they 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 want to use what brings them to the table to 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 win them back and that that's it that's the entire feud and it's it's fine. It's just not exciting, and I don't think that is what Impact or GFW wants here at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm with you. And they also get um, blanket on her name. What's her name again? Uh, the uh, Diamante. Diamante. Thank you, mm-hmm. Diamante. You know, of course, it gets physical here and gets shoved down. And you know, I, I'm not that I'm against that because we watch Lucha Underground. That stuff happens all the time. Right. Whatever. Uh, but it's the fact that I'm a little bit more surprised they're doing it here, and maybe they are setting up that Diamante is going to be involved in that 5150 match, whatever it is, and, um, you know, we'll see, you know, she'll probably get put through a table or something, Mm -hmm. you know, but my point in this is, you know, that they got those interactions, and I think they're trying to jump on some things that they would not have done in the past, and here we are. At the same point, is it really helping anything? I just don't see it. And, and they even have, you know, all these LEX bar scenes where they're talking. Sometimes it works, and sometimes it's just, I could have done without it. And I think this episode, you know, they did one of those scenes, and I could have done without it. Mm-hmm. Uh, just something to keep in mind, too, Diamante or Diamante, or however you say her name, um, she she has that leg injury, too. So I, I don't even know if she's going to be a Bound for Glory to be a part of this, which might need some explaining to do come pay-per-view time since this is all pre-tape, but mm-hmm. something to keep in mind moving forward there for sure. Yeah, definitely. And Loki, you know, from my understanding, I think he left the company, so he may not even be a part of this whole thing. Yeah, I know that they were teasing that there's some issues there with Loki and, and LAX, and I, I know that they signed him to a short-term deal. I don't know if he they let him out of the contract yet or not either, so... Mm-hmm. That's uh, that's another thing thrown up in the air, too. Uh, we get highlights of Lashley uh, and this whole him leaving Impact to pursue MMA again. And then we get to see Moose show up there and get beat up, which is going to matter later on in the show. Uh, we get some hype for tonight as Johnny Impact's going to take on Garza Jr. for the number one contendership at Bound for Glory. And then we get Rosemary taking on Hannah Harper. Not even a minute. Rosemary gets in, beats her up, red wedding, all she wrote. Good enough for me. Yeah, it's, it's all you need. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Rosemary continues on in a positive path. And then you continue doing that yeah. because it's really one of their better female stars. And mm-hmm. they need to continue on that path. Yeah, and to that end, afterwards, she calls out Taya for she wants a match. Uh, Taya shows up and they have a little bit of a stare off. And then Rosemary just uh, gets misted by Taya. And uh, Rhoda Valhalla, she stands tall. Already has one up on Rosemary. Obviously, uh, I think if you look up and down the the knockouts roster here on Impact or GFW or whatever, uh, this is the match to make. I'm kind of excited to see it, to be honest, just from the just because I want to see it. You know, even if the story around the entire knockouts division has been pretty flat. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's a nice way of saying it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I think the matchup, like you're you're mentioning here, is going to be worthy of our time, and mm-hmm. I'm excited about that portion of it. Uh, but you know, we'll see if they can make it spicier with some better storytelling. I don't think it's going to happen, 
but I think the matchup is going to be worth your time. Absolutely. Uh, Moose is going to go back to the American Top Team facility to confront Lashley. However, he is bringing a friend with him this time who he's talking to on the phone is going to meet him up there. Oh, boy. Uh, Taryn Terrell comes out to the ring afterwards demanding that the fans cheer for her. Uh, she has the title match at Bound for Glory now uh, and is ready to sort of focus once again on Gail Kim and running her down. And uh, It's basically the same stuff we've seen before from these two. She runs down Gail's husband, who of course is, um, whose name I forget, Bobby something. He used to be on Food Network. Mm-hmm. Um, runs Runs them down. Kim comes out, says she believes in karma. Karma's going to slap her in the face, blah, blah, blah. Uh, okay. You know, I mean, we've seen this. <laughs> I know. I know. That's a problem. We've done this. Been here. I, uh, I, just, I just don't care. I, I really don't. And I, I don't mean to be ugly. I know probably someone's listening who really enjoyed this part or enjoyed the show and what a jerk i just i for me personally I, i'm not invested I, I haven't been given enough to be invested mm-hmm. you know i mean it, this was fun the first time around it was it was okay the second time around we're we're some time on and i i just i'm not i'm not interested at all but just we you could probably find this exact same promo somewhere two three years ago and on an episode of impact and that's <laughs> that's not good <laughs> yeah not uh, good i totally agree yeah and you know we, we complain about this all the time you know on other shows you know mm-hmm. and we talk about you know other, you know other matchups where guys they go to the welt way too many times in a certain matchup and, and this is one of those cases wwe is a big proponent of that for sure oh yeah for sure uh, we get a highlight package of Alberto El Patron hyping up Bound for Glory. I think we already know where that's going to go. <laughs> uh, to, to me, it just leads to lots of drinking. Yeah, you're not wrong. Uh, Sienna, Caleb Conley, and Tejano get a promo talking about their match later on tonight as they're going to take on Allie, James Storm, and Desmond Xavier. Uh, Grado hype package is up next. Still on the road making appearances while uh, Joseph Park is making all the money. He's got a convertible filled with hot chicks and everything like that. He tells Grado they're interns. Uh, <laughs> and yeah. one of them even goes so far as to say, oh, that's the meal ticket. That's that's the meal <laughs> ticket, huh? And and sort of drives off. So <laughs> it's... Oh, boy. You know, I it is kind of funny because they make Grado out like he's worn out and tired and <laughs> he's working all the time, which, uh, I, you know, for Grado, I hope he is making that immunity appearances and making the money. But um, it, it's just interesting. Joseph Parks all the time becomes this, like, criminal agent, like, yeah. you know, <laughs> hanging out, you know, and just driving nice cars and he's got prostitutes with him. Good <laughs> deal, man. Uh, I don't know. This is weird. Uh, I enjoyed the storyline a little bit, but now mm-hmm. it's starting to get a little bit to the jump the shark part of it. I I think it's getting... I, I'm interested in so far as just what are they going to have Joseph Park do now because it's getting more and more outlandish with the evilness here, which is which is entertaining. And I think it works in a feud with Grado. Uh, it's just, you know, it's not solid, you know, week to week. You don't get the same enjoyment, I think, every week. And that's going to happen, of course, but 
I feel like with Impact and in this feud for sure, since the whole Laurel Van Ness wedding stuff, it's been hit or miss with these guys for a long time. It just sort of wears you out. I mean, I'm as tired as Grado is, you know? Yeah, I right there with you. <laughs> Worn out. Uh, more Bound for Glory hype in another video package. Uh, and then that brings us to the mixed six-person tag here as Sienna, Caleb Connolly, Tehallon, take on Allie, James Storm, Desmond Xavier. Seven minutes or so. I thought Desmond looked pretty great here. James Storm ends up super kicking uh, Caleb Connolly to get the victory. You know, it's 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 a match. Uh, <laughs> and there you go, folks. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, I really have nothing to say about it. I, I, I wish I did. Uh, I wish I could sit here and really evaluate this thing and break it down and say, on oh, this matter, this matter. It, it doesn't matter at the end of the day. It really, mm-hmm. it solves nothing. Yeah, yeah, it, it doesn't really solve it. You get some teases here for Sienna and Allie. You get some teases for uh, James Storm and Tejano. Days mean, I mean, you wouldn't know Xavier won this big Super X Cup tournament two months ago because he hasn't been on TV, I think, since he won the damn thing. So, mm-hmm. great job pushing him there, Impact, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and great work, uh, you know, making him matter. Mm-hmm. 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 Uh, we get some more of the guys in Japan clips here talking about all their matches. Um, okay. Uh, Global Forge clips again. Uh, this is one of the worst things I'm seeing on Impact every single week. <laughs> it is awful. So Scott Demore, right? You know he, he, mm-hmm. that. You know I, I get it. You you want him to be on TV. You you want to show him. And he's this. You know he's the Impact version of Triple H. He's you know making sure everything's running great. And they're showing the trainer and you know how tough he is. He's the Billy Gunn. Of impact, right? Mm-hmm. He's hard on everybody, yelling at everybody, blah, blah, blah. I, I, that's kind of cool. I'll be honest with you. It's kind of interesting. I actually did pay attention to that portion. Um, but these guys, it's it's like Revenge of the Nerds. <laughs> and they are on there like, one guy is like, oh, does he hear me that I'm talking about him, that he's a scary man? Ooh. You know, and, and the other guy's like, yeah, he's tough. He looks like he just got out of work from CC's Pizza or something. Um, I, 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 it's terrible, Paul. I, I, I can make fun of it all day because I just, I, I have no interest in it. It is just the silliest thing that they have going. You know, I, I really love that you use Revenge of the Nerds there because we we're talking about a company that has a guy that works under the name Moose, uh, <laughs> who, yeah. uh, of course, is the bully in that movie. But uh, Moose, however, is back at the American Top Team facility to get his revenge. He meets up with his friend, and it's Stefan Bonner, uh, who, of course, as we've talked about, has started training to do some pro wrestling and all that. Uh, they have some pipes with them, and they walk into the building. Uh, we'll fast forward here to the end of the show where they are in the building looking around for people. Uh, King Mo and Bobby Lashley have left, uh, so they decide to take out their frustrations on a trophy case and steal a whole bunch of championship belts. Uh, Bonner starts breaking stuff. They wreck up a bunch of merchandise areas from the looks of it. And the best part is as Moose leaves a note for everybody to, to find of, you know, taking credit for the handiwork, the receptionist just has the best look on her face of what the hell just happened. 
Well, I, I want to know the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> well, so, okay, so you're a receptionist. You, these big guys come in, and you say, everybody's gone. No one's here. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, oh, well, this is a gym. This is a place where I'm sure, you know, it's very exclusive. It's It's for guys, you know, training for, you know, their big matches, things like that. Oh, go ahead. Take a free tour. Look around by yourself. That's just a, it's it's just too silly. Like WWE <laughs> does stupid stuff like this too, so they're not innocent. Okay, but I'm just saying this is a little bit far fetched for me. They did go destroy everything. What what point was she on the phone with the cops? Or <laughs> uh, was she not? So she is she that ditzy? She was playing on her phone or on Facebook the entire – these guys are destroying things in this building. She can't hear it. There's nothing going on. There's no alarms on this stuff. And then they come out, and she's totally cool with it. And she's like, oh, what happened? Who are you guys? <laughs> like, you know, I'm sorry, but, you know, I don't care who you are. It's my place of business. You show up, and I don't know you. You're not staying around. Weird. I, I – I get their point. It's funny. It, it's kind of you know corny. It's hokey, mm-hmm. but I common sense is not in this whole segment. I, I had I I laughed mostly at just how ridiculous this whole thing was. Personally, just cause I had the same thoughts. Like, where's the part where you call the cops after you hear a bunch of glass breaking? That doesn't set off any alarms. Okay, I just assumed she had that same look on her face the entire time they weren't there, and then that's how they found her when they came back. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, uh, my wife's had that look on her face, but it's usually after intimate, you know, so that I get it. I've seen that before, but, I mean, <laughs> come on. Oh, we're sorry, Amanda. We're so sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm teasing. We're just – I had to say that. I just think it's hilarious. So, <laughs> Oh, it was funny. I'm just if, – if your wife ever hears it, I'm sure we're going to be down a co-host. <laughs> yeah, and not only that, I'll – you know, I'll be dead, and she'll say, "Why did he do these type of things? Why?" <laughs> uh, so uh, LAX is in their clubhouse playing dominoes, and Conan runs down OVE some more. Talks about how great LAX is, and Homicide will be back in time for Bound for Glory, according to him. So at least there's that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think uh, what Mad TV uh, character Nicole Sullivan was doing when she said, okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, that's exactly how I felt about this, too, Paul. Okay. Good yep. stuff. My cat's name is Fifi. Yeah. Um, uh, that, yeah, and, and I hate it because we're, we're sitting here and really this whole segment, we're joking. We're, 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 it just, this episode had nothing to really offer, I don't think, anyone. I just, if you're a super fan of what Global has for you here, mm-hmm. that's great. I'm, I'm super thrilled for you. I, I, me and Paul, Sean, we all watch a lot of products. We evaluate them. This is just the evaluation for this show. I hate to be negative about the entire thing. It's just really, I was not super happy with it. I, I, I wanted better things. I know they can do better things. Mm-hmm. But I think right now they're so focused on putting everything in front of your face. It's almost like they are trying to sell me on, on buying something. And maybe it's to buy the network. Mm-hmm. Now, maybe it's to do something You know where I, I really buy in a global because they're so – you know, invested in all these other promotions. But as I sit here, I say, you know, I, I'm not a big network executive. I I am not going to purchase this. 
I, I don't understand why they have had it all set up the way it is. It just to me, it it hurts their their product so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the one good thing they have on this show is this number one contenders match because I think Johnny Impact and Garza Jr. have themselves a pretty darn good match here. Uh, it doesn't have all the commercial problems that I think the last episode of Impact had, where they took these giant commercial breaks in between. It just absolutely kills the match. Uh, Johnny Impact, of course, wins here. I thought Garza got in a fair amount here as they go uh, nearly 14 minutes. Uh, Impact ends up uh, countering out of this uh, pendulum thing, rolls them up to get the victory. They have Cornette come out afterwards to make the official Bound for Glory title match, which, is, of course, is going to be Johnny Impact taking on Eli Drake for the big belt. Uh, you have Adonis show up in uh, El Cabong Impact with uh, with a big board. It's, uh, you know, it's it's simple build for Impact and Eli, and that's fine for me. But this main event was good. This was, I think, the one thing that might have been worth your time on this show. Uh, yeah, and I would agree with you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, 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 it did great for what we were getting earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, you do have Johnny Impact in the match. And yep. he's a great talent, and you should get this every time he steps in the ring. So, I, I you know, I, I'm I'm okay with it. Um, and, I you know, the storytelling here is great, too, because, you know, in the end, you know, guess who stands tall? Still the champ, because he gets to laugh it off that, you know, the guy that's going to be facing him at, you know, the biggest show of the year will be, you know, knocked out here and just laughing at that. So uh, I think it, it does work, and I think it's, it's something that they really needed to do, mm-hmm. with, especially without actually having Eli Drake show up. So uh, I think it was very positive. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. And, uh, I mean, at least they kind of get to send you home on a good match, uh, even though the, the Bonner and Moose clubbing everything in sight is the, the actual go-home segment, but... I, twenty minutes of a good two of a two hour show is just it's not enough. It's just mm-hmm. it's not enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, we're not going to disagree on that for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and okay, you know, and Amanda. And by the way, you know, she would be the first to make fun of me too. So if people are out there, don't send me any hate mail. She, <laughs> trust me, she she'll be the first to make fun of me. So. Uh, anyway, uh, let's talk about one last thing, and that is we've got to crown a superstar of the week. I am very excited about this. We're doing that next. Superstar of the week. Go for it, Gary. All right, guys. Well, we had a fun time breaking this down. Why? Because we've had a lot of big shows this week. We just talked about a couple of them. Plus, we also had to throw hell in a cell in this whole foray of everything. So here we go. We had a really cool uh, list here. The number one point, uh, the the first point, and one single one goes to a guy that may deserve a little bit more, but I think he at least deserves to be on the list, and that's Kevin Owens. Uh, Kevin Owens did indeed make the list. Uh, you know, the, the match uh, with Shane might not have been the best Hell in a Cell match we've ever seen, but I think you got exactly what was going to be as advertised, and that's Shane doing crazy things and Kevin Owens being wonderful, and he also uh, makes the list, too, for that insanely... I, I shouldn't say insanely great. I personally loved it. I don't know if everybody else out there enjoyed it as much as I did, but him and Sammy Zayn on SmackDown this week 
talking about their alliance, about their brotherhood. I I just ate that up. I thought that was wonderful. Yeah, I did too. And you know, it's just you know for the fact that he went through such a you know a, a match that really takes a lot out of you, mm-hmm. and like Hell in the Cell, and the effort that he put in him and Shane both, and then of course you know that great segment there, um, really good stuff. So yeah, Kevin Owens, you deserve that point. We're gonna give two points to Pentagon Dark though. Yeah, a great ladder match with Son of Havoc over on Lucha Underground this week. Uh, ends up walking away with the Gift of the Gods Championship. I mean, this this guy is basically their rock star, if you ask me. I, and that's on a roster with Johnny Impact, but everybody is just in love with this guy over there on Lucha Underground. It's, it's, it's not hard to see why, either. He's just awesome. Yeah, he had to twist my arm to get him on this list. Yeah. <laughs> so... Uh, we're going to give three points to a guy named Will Ospreay. Oh, yeah, Will Ospreay maybe gets the biggest win in his career as he finally overcomes the mountain that is Kushida to win the IWGP Junior Heavyweight title for the first time. Uh, it's an absolutely wonderful match. I highly suggest you guys go out there and try to find it. Oh, for sure. Really looking forward to seeing it myself. Four points are going to be given to my boy Naito. I mean, stop the presses. Uh, Naito and Ishii had a great match. Who would have ever thought, right? Uh, (laughs) uh, Naito retains the briefcase. uh, Another four and a half outing with with Ishii, uh, which just seems to be like the bare minimum these guys can do. Uh, (laughs) uh, Naito goes into Wrestle Kingdom now as the uh, challenger to Okada's throne. I personally can't wait to see it, but we got a lot of buildup to go through before we get there. And Naito gets to enjoy some more points to his name. For sure. And, you know, that always makes me smile. (laughs) Uh, You know, and uh, we have something else that makes me smile. We get five points going over and being crowned for the Superstar of the Week, the Usos. I mean, what more can you say about that encounter with the New Day inside the Hell in a Cell at the pay-per-view this past Sunday? It was just so great, uh, from uh, the storytelling aspect to all the action to just how different I think it felt from a lot of the other Hell in Cell matches we've ever seen. Uh, just a great picture of these two teams' feud, a great blow-off, maybe the best match WWE has put on all year, although I'm sure a lot of people are still going to bring up AJ Styles and John Cena from the Royal Rumble this year, which was also phenomenal, but... What I mean, I I don't think I can say enough great things. And not to mention the Usos, I think they, you know, the little respect promo they had with the New Day over on SmackDown was pretty solid too. Oh yeah, that really was, and you know, bringing that in consideration really does help this. And you know, for the fact that you had a Hell in a Cell match where there were so many weapons being used, mm-hmm. usually, in my personal opinion, that takes away a lot. Only because, you know, it's weapons, and it kind of, to me, kind of demeans some of the other parts of the match. It kind of takes away a little bit of the integrity, uh, but not in this case. Mm-hmm. They are so creative. They work so very hard in this match. It, it, you can't help but love it. And, I mean, uh, with the weapons, without weapons, these two teams just knock it out of the park every single time. And the Usos do it again. And, uh, of course, you got to thank the New Day for that as well. They mm-hmm. had a big part in this. so But we give you know the points to the winner, and that's the Usos. So congratulations, Usos. You are the superstar of the week. So but Yeah, that wraps up our show, Paul. And, uh, you know, as much as I hate for it to end, because I'm just having a blast here, um, we have to end it. 
And yeah. so, yeah, sad, but that's okay. We are looking forward to big shows next week. I am so excited. We've got some cool stuff heading your way. Of course, on a Tuesday show, we will be getting into some more Ring of Honor talk along with some big news topics. And then, of course, on the Thursday show or Friday show, excuse me, like this week, uh, we'll be getting into some of the same stuff. We'll be talking about that two-hour final Lucha Underground show, Ultima Lucha Tress, and it'll be so much fun because I'm expecting, like I said earlier, fireworks, mm-hmm. along with some more Impact Wrestling talk and uh, just more great wrestling news, I'm sure. So we'll have that Hell in Cell preview next Thursday, too. Oh, that our or, uh, uh, <laughs> tables, lives, and chairs. Jesus, I'm sorry. That's okay. The time machine is always here for us, Paul. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. He's always here. Whenever you need to get in the phone booth, we'll jump in the phone booth and go back in time. Um, but yeah, you're right. We we do have that big pay-per-view to be looking forward to. So TLC is right around the corner. Uh, so yeah, I mean, big shows coming your way next week. And don't forget to check out all the, all the great review shows that we have there to offer as well. Tell your friends about them. Trust me, they'll enjoy them. And we appreciate you for coming and check them out as well. And the best way to go find us, yeah, subscribe at Wrestling to the Max, wherever you get your podcast, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, I don't care. Just find us and subscribe because that's going to get you all the great content in one nice package. And of course, rating and reviewing also gives us some feedback on what you like, what you don't like, and of course, you know, helps people see us. That's right. So thank you so much if you've already done it. Make sure you go check out W2MNet.com, the place you go find all your great wrestling needs and a lot more. We definitely thank all all of you that have already done that. And, you know, it's just so much fun to see some of the comments, some of the people who have talked about some of the things. And W2MNet.com is just a great place. Go check it out. Big, big thank you to 411mania.com and Last Word on Pro Wrestling for all that they do for us as well. Uh, Great sites. Go check them out, too. So uh, I think that's pretty much all the plugs. I can't think of anything else, Paul. So if I'm not, then uh, we're done. So you crushed it as usual, man. I appreciate it. Uh, And of course, you know, everybody be safe on this Friday the 13th. I know it's kind of hard to. It's a dangerous day. Uh, Don't walk under any ladders because Pentagon will fall on you. Um, (laughs) And, uh, you know, make sure you, you, you take care of all the mirrors as well. So just. No, don't 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 do like me and look into him. So, I uh, hope you guys have a great weekend. We will catch you guys next week. Until then, for myself and Mr. Paul Leeser, we'll catch you guys down the road. Have a good one, guys. following podcast is a w2m network original production visit w2mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts plus news reviews articles and opinions from the worlds of wrestling video games football and entertainment